Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. Here on Money FM 89.3, I'm Clarissa Monter for the workday afternoon. More and more men are having aesthetic treatments to give them the masculine features they want. The ladies have been using aesthetics medicine to enhance their beauty for years, and now the guys are getting in on the act. However, unlike the ladies who are looking for fuller lips or the ultra-fashionable K-pop celebrity heart-shaped faces, the guys are looking for something that never goes out of fashion. The alpha male look that men defer to in the boardroom and women smile at and in the bars. What is the alpha male look? We find out more about these aesthetic treatments next on Money FM 89.3. Health Suites with Clarissa Montero on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Health Suites. On the phone, we are joined by Dr. Tan Yingzhou from Miso Aesthetic Clinic. We find out more about the dominant masculine look and how to achieve it. Doctor, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Hi, good afternoon. Now, let's jump right in and maybe you can help us figure out what is the typical facial characteristics of Singaporean men? Well, I would say that the typical facial characteristics of a Singaporean man would be a slightly slimmer, smaller face. We tend to have a slightly weaker chin and at the same time, a nose bridge that can typically on the lower side. Okay, so slightly weaker chin, slightly lower nose bridge. This is actually even applicable to to most of us women. Now, <laughs> before... <laughs> We can, before we we talk about how we can enhance a face that maybe we want to to be more dominantly masculine, let's talk about mm-hmm. facial width to height ratios. What do they actually measure? Okay, so for the facial width to height ratio, is usually we measure the width of the face, the widest the widest surface of the face in comparison to the height measured from the top of your eyelid and down to the top of your upper lip. So in terms of a more masculine face, you usually have a bigger ratio uh, that means a wider face. Okay, and that is considered more masculine. Yeah. Okay, now what is the significance really of this higher facial width to height ratio? I mean, does it make somebody more attractive or perceived to be more attractive or more masculine? Help us understand this. Well, I would say that when it comes to being somebody being perceived as attractive, it's quite a subjective personal taste. Mm. But when it comes to a masculine look, it would be something that creates a feeling of dominance, maybe a feeling of, a, of being in a stronger leadership position, stuff like that. So, But when it comes to being attractive, I, I would say that, that it's still a very subjective thing, especially when in Singapore right now, around the, even around the world, where there's a K-pop culture and stuff, Asian male faces are, are actually becoming less masculine, I would say. But yes, throughout history, a more masculine face is something that's more trusted, uh, more dominant and, and perceived as a leader. Okay. I referred to this earlier before we started speaking. One of the most famous studies of the subconscious bias for dominant masculine features was the one that followed the army careers of West Point graduates and found mm-hmm. that those with more dominant features were much more likely to achieve the rank of one-star general and even higher because mm-hmm. they were they were considered, you know, more, I guess, more, 
<laughs> more manly, more dominant, more, <laughs> more authoritative, you know, that sort of thing. So it's interesting to me because is this higher facial width to height ratio, is it an indicator of higher testosterone levels or something? Well, there have been studies measuring the level of testosterone to, uh, in relation to this ratio, but mm. studies have been quite inconclusive. Some of them support the notion that, that the higher levels of testosterone means uh, a higher ratio of width to height, but there are some studies that say that it does not matter at all. Right. Personally, I feel that I don't think that the level of testosterone actually directly affects or uh, influence too much or entirely the facial features. It does to a certain extent, but not too much. Okay, so, you know, the study did prove that those guys with, with more dominant, more muscular, more authoritative faces actually did sort of rise within the military. Maybe yeah. that is one of those places <laughs> mm-hmm. that that does matter. But yeah. I'm, I'm actually kind of curious, are you seeing more guys now coming in and asking you for aesthetic treatments that might give them that more dominant, more authoritative face? I wouldn't say that they actually exactly ask for a more dominant face, but mm. what they are actually asking essentially implies that they would like something that is a bit more dominant. For example, I would say in recent years, it's becoming more common for men asking for chin and nose augmentation and mm-hmm. also in terms of the jawline. So more prominent jawline, more prominent chin or stronger chin uh, makes you look more dominant, makes you look more masculine. Right. So it's not that they're coming in and saying, okay, make me look more authoritative, but the things that they're asking for indicates it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, is there an evolutionary explanation as to why women might react to these men with higher facial width to height ratios um, in the way that we do? I know it is such a funny question, but it's true. There are women who do react, yeah, right? Yeah, women who do. Um, um, I will not. I mean, this this might be a bit controversial, uh-huh. but uh, there are women who like men to be more dominant, mm. and these facial features will indicate that this men might be more dominant. Uh, however, again, like like we mentioned before, because of the difference in culture and and hip hop culture rising and stuff like that, some women do prefer their men to look more feminine. So I would say that the social media age uh, <laughs> has changed some of what evolution has actually brought about many years ago. Okay, now we're not just you know for our listeners who who were harmfing at me, I didn't pluck that out of nowhere. <laughs> a study did, conducted by Singapore Management University into the role of facial ratios and dominance in mm. mate choice at speed dating events did find a higher male FWHR led to perceptions of greater dominance, which mm-hmm. increased physical attractiveness, which in turn made men more attractive to women, at least for short-term relationships. So I'm not making this up. There was actually a study... I, I was surprised. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you think men to men that uh, men react differently to men with higher FWHRs or facial width to height ratios? Personally, I would think so. Yes, I think it, this is something that is innate, something that evolution has brought about. We do feel that people with uh, more chiseled, sharper features, more dominant features, tend to stand out more in a crowd. And that's the reason why they are perceived as leaders, they are perceived as some more dominant. Okay, understood. So now you've already highlighted that some of the requests that you are getting from your, main, from your male patients are things mm-hmm. like a more dominant cheekbone or chin. 
How are these things achieved through aesthetics? Uh, Aesthetics-wise, it's a non-surgical procedure. Mm. So for a stronger chin, a chin with more volume and a higher nose bridge, uh, or should I put it in a way that for men-wise, we try to make the nose bridge higher and at the same time broader. So for procedures like that, we typically use fillers, hyaluronic acid fillers or fillers to increase the volume and height of the areas that we want to augment. At the same time, like I said before, a more prominent chin and a a stronger jawline uh, also indicates uh, dominance. So in terms of the jawline-wise, fillers can also make your jawline more prominent. But at the same time, some procedures with machines such as the high-intensity focus ultrasound can actually sculpt and shape your jawline to make it more defined. Okay, so these procedures are pretty non-invasive. Yeah, they're pretty uh, much non-invasive. And, and they don't sound like they hurt very much. Some patients do not even need any numbing cream when it comes to the procedures. But some of them, even with numbing cream, they do feel uncomfortable. I think it pretty much boils down to individual. But most of these procedures are very, very bearable and tolerable. Okay. And how long do they last? Since they're non-invasive, I'm assuming there is a period of time after which you have to redo your fillers or or what have you. Mm, Unfortunately, they don't last forever. Mm. Uh, I would say that depending on the type of fillers, it can last between 12 to 18 months. Right. That's not too bad. That's not too bad. (laughs) That's not too bad, right? One jab every 12 to 18 months. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Now, are you seeing an increase of men who are asking for these kind of procedures, asking for these type of enhancements, I suppose? Actually, there are. To be honest, I just finished a filler for for the chin for a guy Mm -hmm. uh, before this phone call. When the social media and internet people find out about procedures like that, there'll be more and more guys looking to do this kind of procedures to achieve that whatever kind of look they like to achieve. Do you think it now that we're spending more time in front of Zoom calls, etc., that uh, more guys are also starting to look at how <laughs> they might be perceived on camera, etc.? Et because, you know, they, they want to look like the managers, the bosses, even at work. <laughs> to be fair, honest, I get this a lot more from the females. Uh, ah. in front of the camera and stuff. I've not gotten it from a guy yet, but I think there might be, it's just that they're not telling me. Right, <laughs> of course. Yeah, I'm not telling you, Doc, but that's actually why I want to look better on camera. Yeah. <laughs> but you know the thing is, and, and I've said this before, I'm a total coward and, and aesthetic treatments and stuff like that, something that I talk to doctors like yourself about, and then I'm just too cowardly to try them. But I don't mm-hmm. think that anybody uh, should hold themselves back if they think that it'll give them more confidence, whatever, in their jobs, mm. in their social yep. lives. If you think it's going to give you more confidence, then it is money well spent because if that is what is achieved, then yeah. you're doing something good for yourself. Yeah. Personally, I'm um, just too much of a coward, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> well, when it comes to confidence, definitely. Uh, in terms of aesthetic procedure-wise, there's a huge range of aesthetic procedures. It's not just for uh, a more dominant face, just not for a more higher nose bridge or stronger mm-hmm. chin. Mm-hmm. It, it, reason, it even boils down to acne treatments, acne scarring and stuff like that. Right. And a lot of patients, they do have a slightly slower self-esteem when they perceive themselves as not as perfect as what, or not as good as what they can be. So I would say that when it comes to definitely some of, or if not most of the treatments that we do, we do give the patients more confidence in themselves. And it's a very nice thing to do, actually. I agree. I, I mean, I couldn't argue with that. And I think that's a very personal choice. 
It's also interesting that a lot of men used to feel like they could not use these treatments. They were sort of like the mm. domain of women. And I'm glad to see that more and more men are starting um, to do it for themselves as well. Because yeah. why shouldn't they have the opportunity for more confidence? Mm-hmm. Right? I do agree. I mean, I'm not going to share what I've done before, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can have that conversation offline, Doc. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, okay, if if a guy is thinking, he's listening to this and he's thinking, oh, maybe I could do some of those things. Maybe I want a more dominant face. Maybe I want to have a more authoritative face. What is the first step for them? Well, definitely we'll have to take a look at the overall face. Mm-hmm. One guy can be suited with a more a stronger chin and, and the other guy might not be suited for it uh, because of the overall, overall facial features. Right. I guess the first thing is always definitely to, to do a consultation, make a thorough assessment of what the patient would like to achieve and uh, what the patient can achieve because sometimes when it comes to non-surgical procedures, not everything can be done. Right. So what the doc is actually saying is if you go to him and say you want to look like Brad Pitt, it's not going to happen. 99% maybe I'm just kidding I'm just kidding <laughs> alright we've been speaking to Dr. Tan Yingto from Miso Aesthetic Clinic Doctor thank you so much for your time yeah most welcome I'm Clarissa Montero for the Workday Afternoon this is Money FM 89.3 to listen to more great interviews download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app that's A-W-E-D-I-O available on Google Play or the App Store